going to be in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, if you're new to the house, um, every week we do music. We call that worship. And that's an opportunity for us to just, uh, to really just thank God for all that he is. And, and so if you're new to the community, that's, that's what we just got out of. And then after that, every week we go to this book that we call the Bible. And um, man, we believe that it's God's word and that it's, it's his standard for us. And so we, we uh, go through it every week and, and just to see what he has to say for our lives. I love how it says that the Bible is uh, sharper than a two-edged sword. And so it cuts through bone and marrow. And, and this idea that if you allow God's word to, to penetrate your heart and in your life, those things that you just wish that you could uh, stop, those addictions and, and those 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 issues, if you allow it, God's Word can cut those things off from your heart. In fact, I know I have a lot of announcements, but I have a lot of time. Praise God. Um, but in fact, starting September, the second week of September, we're starting a brand new how-to series, and we're calling it Mind Monsters. And, and we're looking at how we, um, how we don't, how we, there's certain emotions that we allow run, to run our life. Anger, envy, Greed. And so we're going to go through the Word and, and, and figure out how, what does God say? How do we conquer those issues? And so these, this uh, message, this series, Mind Monster, is going to be a uh, first-time friendly uh, series. And so we want you to invite your friends to that, and, and it's going to be good. So First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, we're jumping in. It says this, but you are the ones chosen by God chosen for the high calling of priesthood were chosen to be a holy people. Come on. God's instruments to do His work and speak out for a moment. Let me just preface with this. This is uh, Peter and he's writing and uh, I believe within these two verses lies the purpose of every single person that uh, has ever sucked oxygen. And if you're here this morning and if you would identify yourself as a Christian or as a Jesus follower, uh, this is really our purpose in life of what we're called to really do. And so uh, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he's made for you. How many of you guys have had a night and day difference in your life since you let Jesus take over? Come on. Like, some of us, like, we cuss less, right? We drink less, smoke less, whatever. <laughs> and so, it's a progression, so praise God, He's still working on, on us, and He's still working on me. And so, to tell others of the night and day difference that He's made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. We are in our final week of our, our 21 Days of Prayer series called Joy, and we've been looking at uh, the model, really, in which uh, we're, we're called to pray. And so, if you didn't, if you were with us uh, the first, or three weeks ago, we looked at our first thing when we go to prayer is we pray, and it's an opportunity to worship Jesus. And then after that, then we pray for others. And so last week we talked about the importance of, of serving others. Uh, not just through life, but also through prayer. And this week, guess what? All you narcissistic folks out there, it's all about you. <laughs> We're learning how to pray for me. 
or you. And so, um, so this is your first time you came on a great Sunday. So, <laughs> so uh, we're gonna pray and then uh, we'll jump. We'll jump into the message. So let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to to come together as a community. God, to to lean in and, and to learn what your word has to say about our life. God, we thank you uh, for it. I ask right now that that it would wash over our minds and wash over our hearts. God, that we would allow your word to do what it wants to do in our hearts and in our lives. God, we give you freedom. We give you access to everything we have right now. God, because we uh, want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better. God, nobody has an hour and ten minutes to waste, God. And so when we leave this place, could we just leave a little bit better? But not for our own benefit, but so that you can change the world around us. We love you so much, and we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So for Christmas, my wife and I, we bought my daughter a tea set. Exactly. Uh, uh, so we bought her a tea set, and uh, it was like this cute little porcelain tea set. And um, I've never done tea parties before, um, but but I know that tea party dads doing tea parties with their daughters makes for great Instagram stories, right? And so I'm like, I'm down for that. Because <laughs> what's the point of taking pictures if the whole world does not see it? And so, um, so I bought we bought her we bought her this this tea. I said it, and um, she said, Daddy, can we have a tea party? And I was like, sure, yes, let's have a tea party. So uh, she sets up her little saucers and her teacups and um, she, the little forks and little napkins. And we're sitting down. I'm sitting Indian style on uh, on her on her in a room, and um, and she's like, she gets all like bougie on me. She, she's like, she's she, she's like. Daddy, she's like, would you like a cup of tea? I was like, yes. And so, like, it kind of come up. So she starts pouring it, right? And I'm waiting for something to actually come out of the teapot. And I'm like, babe, nothing's coming out. She said, she said, Daddy, you have to use your imagination. I was like, what? She's like, you have to use your imagination. I was like, well, I will use your imagination. Pretend that I'm here because I'm leaving. No, I didn't say that. That'd be rude. That'd be rude. Anyways, so so she's like, this is an imagination. Like, use your imagination, Daddy. And I'm like, who cares? Whatever, you know? Like, I love my daughter. So here we are. She's pouring me invisible tea. And then she's like, Daddy. <laughs> Would you like a scone? I'm like, what the heck is a scone? A scone? Like, would you like a scone? I'm like, okay, baby, I would love a scone. Okay? It's kind of fun to say. And so she she gives me, like, these Legos. She, she, I, like, I don't know. Like, maybe we just did a ghetto. I don't know. Like, <laughs> if you actually do real stuff, let me know. And then, so, so, so there's a saucers. We have fake invisible teeth. We have Legos that are now scones, okay? <laughs> and um, and we're, we're sitting there, and all of a sudden my imagination is going wild. 
right? Because I'm thinking like, honest to God, truth, I'm thinking, if Toy Story was real, and if really when you go to bed the toys come to life, imagine these poor Legos when they go back with their homies and their bucket, and their buddies are like, what'd you do today? And he's like, I was a scone. Like, how disappointed would this poor Lego beast be? He wasn't created to be a scone. In fact, these Lego pieces lived to my son's uh, Star Wars uh, shit thing. And, and, and so, like, it was not even close to being a stone. Like, whoever made the Legos, whoever made the Star Wars Legos, was not thinking, oh, one day some little girl is going to manipulate her dad into pretending it's a skull. And then I remember Toy Story. You guys, um, there's a scene in Toy Story 1 uh, where they're in Sid's room. And Sid, he's disassembled different toys and he's put different toys together. So they're functioning at a level that they're not, they weren't created to function in. And, and here they are, they're, they're all sad and they're not happy. They're alive, but they're not happy. Why? Because they're not functioning to the level in which they were created. Here's this poor little Lego, not designed to be a scone, but to be a piece of a ship. And if this thing was alive, how sad it probably is because it was not called to be a scone, but it was called to be a Lego to a ship. Are you with me so far? See, there's something about life that is grandiose, but there's something even better when you can live life not as something you're not supposed to be, but functioning in the purpose that you were created to be and created to do. Like, I wonder if this morning some of us God created us to be Legos, but we're functioning at a level of a stone. And we're finding ourselves frustrated because we're like, I am not happy doing this. And I wonder if it's because you were never called to be a stone, but you were called to be a Lego piece. And so this morning, what I want us to do is I want us to understand, first and foremost, that you were created with the purpose. You were created for a purpose. I want you to, I'll preface with this, that uh, what I'm about to say, you don't have to identify with what I'm about to say. You don't have to agree with what I'm about to say. I, I hope you do eventually. I hope you get to that place where you believe this. But I believe that the God of this Bible, that he created humanity. Okay? So that means that I, I believe the God of this Bible created you and created me. And when he created us, he placed inside of us gifts, talents, abilities, so that we can fulfill a purpose. But what is that purpose? What is the purpose? See, I, I'm, I'm beginning to think that purpose is less about a destination 
but purpose is more about a journey. See, I think it's very easy to, to see our purpose as a destination. So when I get this job, I'm living my purpose. When I reach this place, I'm finally living on purpose. When I do this or do that, I finally now have a purpose. And I think the problem with identifying purpose as only destination is that if you never reach it, then you feel like you have never lived your purpose. And so I wonder, I propose to you this morning, what if your purpose is not just destination, but it's also journey? See, it almost feels like that's how Peter, in the verse that we read at the very beginning, is describing your and my purpose, that it's not so much a destination, but it's a journey. This idea that everywhere I go, I can live on purpose. Everything I do, I can live on purpose. That as long as I am using my gifts, and using my talents, and using my abilities to point people to Jesus, then by golly, I'm living on purpose. And so what if we begin to see purpose, individual purpose, as an opportunity that everywhere I go, every place I step, I have an opportunity to point people to Jesus, which means in turn, I'm living on purpose. What if we begin to live that way? We begin to live on purpose. Then really everything that we do changes. The way that I think, the way that I act, the way that I respond to my waitress, the way that I respond to my employees, the way that I respond to my teachers, the way that I, everything changes. Because once I understand that as a believer, if I identify myself as a Christian, as, as a Jesus follower, that everywhere I go is my opportunity to use my abilities to point people to Jesus, then things change. Perspective shifts. And this is a big deal because when you see your purpose as an opportunity to point people to Jesus, there is an enemy that really does not like that thought. The Bible says that the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. And so there's this enemy, the devil, who who would would when, when we understand that purpose is seen through the lens of what Peter had, had, had told us, that we're God's instruments to share and to point people to Jesus, there's this tension that happens because now, if I understand that everything I do is an opportunity to live on purpose, then there's an enemy who's like, wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you there. I'm going to stop you there, ma'am. I'm going to stop you there, sir. That's not going to happen. Because the more people that we point to Jesus, the more the enemies lose. The more that we are, that we allow our lives to point people to Jesus, the more uh, good guys win, bad guys lose. And so the, 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 the tension lies within this idea that if I have a purpose 
to point people to Jesus. And there is an enemy that's trying to get me. Then I better learn how to pray for me. So that I don't lose track of what I'm supposed to be doing. And so this morning, what I want us to do for the next couple moments together is I want us to identify different areas that you and I can pray over ourselves to protect us, if you will, from the attack of the enemy. Does that sound like a good plan? Okay. So here we go. For all your note takers, we're jumping into the notes already. Well, y'all might be ready to jump in the Applebee's where I'm super early today. Ooh, I'm getting out before all the Baptists. And... Okay, here we go, here we go. Stop, John. Stop it, John. And so the way that we're going to pull these, these, these prayer topics out is we're going to be looking at this conversation between God and this guy named Abram. And this is a really cool conversation that happens because um, for, for those of you who don't know, Ab- Abram, he later becomes Abraham. For those of you that were raised in church, y'all remember Abraham, right? Father Abraham. Hey, no? Hey, <laughs> only a couple. Hey, that's awesome, man. That means we're doing our job. <laughs> like I wasn't raised in church. I don't know about no Father Abrahams. <laughs> Scones. <laughs> um I'm just having fun. I'm sorry, guys. Um, and so, so it's a conversation between God and this guy, Abram. And what I love about this is that Abram, he, he eventually became, like, really the first patriarch of, of the Jewish and Islamic faith, this, 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 uh, this big idea, this main guy. But what I love about Abraham is that Abraham, he wasn't raised Christian. He wasn't raised, well, they weren't, they weren't Christians back then, but he wasn't raised uh, in a family that feared God. We read in Joshua chapter 8, it says that Abraham came from a family who worshipped pagan gods. So this guy, Abraham, he was raised with a mom who, uh, who wasn't God-fearing, he was raised by a dad who wasn't God-fearing. He, he probably had some siblings who weren't God-fearing. Uh, his uncles and aunts weren't God-fearing. And this is the guy that God used. Now, here's why I want to tell you that. See, because some of you feel like God can't use me because of my past. God can't use me because God doesn't know what I came from. God doesn't know what I've done. God doesn't know what I'm going through. I have great news to tell you this morning that God could care less about your past as long as you can come to him right now in the present because he has something for you in the future. This is good news that God will use anyone if you're willing. And so God, he he chose to use Abram, which will later become Abraham, a guy who wasn't raised without, or he, he wasn't raised in, in a religious, God-fearing home, and yet God was like, hey, Abram, I have a purpose for you. I have a calling for you. I want to use you. And so this morning, I, I want you uh, to, to understand that. 
So as we read through this and as we talk about purpose and as we pray for our purpose, if you feel like you're disqualified because of what you've done, I want you to know that if God can use Abraham, he can use you. Amen, somebody. All right, so here we go. We're going to read Genesis chapter 12. And this is the conversation between God and Abram. And God is about to reveal to Abram purpose. And watch this. The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. So here it is. For those of you taking notes, the first thing that you, I think that you should pray for when it comes to praying for yourself is this, perseverance. Perseverance. Strictly power to persevere. So what I want you to understand in the text that we just read, God is calling Abraham to leave everything that he knows, his family, his house, his car, he didn't have a car, his, uh, his li- leaving his camels, his whatever. He, he, God is calling Samuel to, or excuse me, Abraham to leave everything that he's ever known. To go to a place where God has not even identified yet to where he was going. God's like, I want to take you on a journey. I'm not going to tell you the destination yet. But I want you to leave everything that you've ever known. And trust me. See, if I'm Abraham in that moment, there's a little tension going on within my heart. Because I I want to, I, I want to do what God, you're wanting me to do. But at the same time, like, I don't really want to be stretched that way. Have you ever been there? Like, God, I want to follow you. What? Don't stretch me too much. I'm old. <laughs> I'm not that flexible. <laughs> God, I want to be used, but. And then if we're willing to step past that stretch becomes a place when uh, it comes a place where there's, there's pain involved. If you imagine Abraham when he's leaving his family, guys, I'm leaving. I don't know where I'm going. I'm leaving. The sadness, pain. See what I what I really want you to see is that just because you're living on purpose does not mean that you will live without pain. Living on purpose does not mean you're living without pain. And pain can be whatever frame of reference you're going through, relational, financial, pain. And so it's in those moments of pain when we stand there and we're like, God, I, I thought I was doing what you called me to do. God, I, I, I'm using my gifts and my talents and my purpose to point people to you, and yet there's still like this, these things that are happening in my life, this pain that is happening in my life. And if we're not careful, if we don't know how to persevere, 
And if we don't have people in our corner to say, hey, it's okay, keep going, I got you. Community. If we don't have that in our lives, then it's very easy to give up. And to feel like, man, this is not even worth it. This this whole church thing is not even worth it. This this Christian thing is not even worth it. And when you get to that place, it's hard to come back, y'all. And so what if we can what if we can pray over our lives that God, would you give me perseverance? Would you give me power? to persevere through the pain moments in my life. To give me strength to keep moving on. And so the very first thing that that I think that you and I should pray for is to persevere. The power to persevere. So I'm going to pray for you guys right now and, and just to give you an example of how I would pray for that. And then hopefully you guys can start implementing that in in your own life. Is that cool? So I would go something like this. God, I thank you uh, for uh, for what you're doing in my life. God, uh, you know all the pain that I'm going through. God, you know the hurts that I'm going through. You, you know the betrayal that I'm going through. God, you know the, you can insert whatever you want right there. God, you know whatever I'm going through. And God, you know that it hurts like hell. You know the pain that I'm going through right now. So God, I pray that you would give me the power to persevere, to see your goodness. In light of all the pain that I'm going through, God, would you give me power? Holy Spirit, would you give me power to press on, to persevere? Would you put people in my life to help me to push on, to encourage me to push on? In Jesus' name. So that's what I would do for that one. So here's uh, verse 2, Genesis chapter 2. It'll be on the screen, I think, maybe. It says this. This is God speaking. Remember, this was a conversation between Abram and God. He said, I will make you, God is saying this to Abram, I will make you into a great nation. Come on. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. Here's what I love about this. There's there's these roles that are being defined in verse 2. Two times God says, I will. And after he says, I will, it always ends with a provision. I will make you great. I will make you famous. This idea that God is your provision. That God is your source. That whatever you are lacking, in faith, we believe that God will provide. So the second one is this, provision. So after we pray that God would give us the power to persevere, we pray that God, that you would provide for us. See, for a lot of us, this is actually where we spend most of our praying time, right? For most of us, if, if we're ever going to pray for ourselves, this, this is where we're at. We're like, God, provide for me. God, I need this, and I need that, and I need this. And we're like, rubbing the magic genie lamp. God, I, will you do this for me, and I need that. And, and and there's nothing wrong with that. It, clearly, this is his role to provide for us. 
But what if there's more to just Him providing for us? Materialistic models. Like, what if His role was not just to provide for you financially, but His role is to provide for you when you need hope, or when you need joy, or when you need healing, or when you need restoration, or when you need uh, Him to remove anger from your heart? What if He's your provider, but He's more than just your your uh, material-driven provider? And so here's God. He said, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. So he says, I will, I will. And then he says, you will. And guess what? The you is you and me. And he says that you will be a blessing to others. Now get this, because the blessing doesn't stop with you. It's supposed to flow through you. So he's like, I will bless you, I will bless you, so that you will bless yourself. Nah, that's not what he says. He says, I will bless you, I will bless you, so that you can then bless other people. So God wants to get things to you so he can move it through you. God wants to be your provider so that you can be someone else's provider. God, listen, God wants to provide for you because he understands that a purpose seems pointless if you feel like God never provides for you. Because it's very easy when you're living your purpose, not the destination, but the journey of pointing people to Jesus. And when you feel like God is not providing for you, it's very easy to be like, well, God, if you're not doing it for me, you're probably not going to do it for them either. And so I think God wants to provide for you. In fact, I know that God wants to provide for you. And so if I was praying this, I would simply pray this. God, I thank you that you are my provision. God, I'll thank you, first off, for the things that I neglect all the time that I'm thankful for. God, I'll thank you for a roof over my head. I'll thank you for oxygen in my lungs. God, I'll thank you for my family. God, I'll thank you for that car that I have that I really hate. God, I'll thank you for it. God, I'll thank you for that job and that boss that I really can't stand. But God, at least it's a job, and so I'll thank you for it. God, you know what I need. God, you know the finances I need, the resources I need. God, you know the help that I need, the healing that I need. And God, even though I don't see it right now, I'm believing in faith, God, that you will provide for me. Because you are my provider. And God, as you provide for me, God, I promise that it won't just stop with me, but it will move through me. In Jesus' name. God, be my provision. God, be my provider. And number three, this is a big one. Pray for protection. Pray for protection. I will bless those who bless you, 
This is verse 3. And curse those who treat you with contempt. And so, I love this because God is like, hey, I'll take care of you. All the vindication, all the retaliation, you don't have to worry about it. I'll take care of you. Isn't that cool? Like God's like, hey, I'll fight your battles. You trust me though to fight them. I'll be there. Trust that I'll be there. And so this we gotta learn to pray for God's protection over our lives. And so we not just so I think a lot of times we'll, we'll pray, God, protect me from those people that are hurting me. God, protect me from that, that co-worker that, that keeps bringing me down. God, protect me from whatever. And so I think we pray for that, but I think we should also pray, God, protect me from myself. Because the fact of the matter is there are sometimes my heart desires things that I know it doesn't need. There's sometimes my heart desires things that I know is bad for my mind. God, would you protect me from those things? God, would you protect me? And so praying protection is really us just putting our faith and hope and trust in God and believing that He's going to take care of me and that He's going to give me wisdom to make the right choices and the right decisions. Because let's be honest, there's a lot of times I do a lot of stupid things and make a lot of dumb choices. And so if I was to pray this over my life, I'd say, God, I pray that you would just continue to protect me from those that would try to harm me. God, that you would protect me from from those people that will try to conspire against me. God, you would protect me from, from those people that that would try to that would try to retaliate against me. And God, I also pray that you would protect me against myself. God, there's so many times in life that my heart and my mind desires things that I know is not of you. There's so many times in life, my heart, my flesh desires things that that I know would just ruin me. Ruin me. Ruin my family, ruin my marriage, ruin my relationship with my kids. Ruin it. You can insert whatever you want in there. And so God, would you protect me from myself? Would you help me to make right choices, right decisions? Holy Spirit, would you give me, would you convict my heart when I'm about to do something that I know is not is not uh, aligned with me living life on purpose? In Jesus' name. Amen. And so I pray for that. I pray that God you would protect me. And then here, here's the joy, and we're ending right now. The remainder of verse 3 says, So once he says, I will bless you and bless those, or curse those who curse you, he says, 
all the families on earth will be blessed through you. And that's really the point of you and I living on purpose. It's because when we live on purpose, people will be blessed through us. God wants to do something for you. There's people in your life right now, right now, people in my life right now, who are just waiting for me to live on purpose. There are people in your life right now that are waiting for you to live on purpose, to use your gifts, your talents, to point them to Jesus. And so this morning I'm challenging you that you would just pray over your life that God would help you live on purpose because outside of these four walls there are people who need you there are people who need you to live on purpose Amen somebody Hey I want to pray real quick and then uh, and then we'll have Pastor Paul come up and, and close us out so God we thank you that you're teaching us to live on purpose God I thank you that you're calling us to to live a life that is on purpose, to use our gifts and our talents and our abilities to point people to you. And so we thank you for that, God. Would you help us give us strength to do that? We love you so much. In your precious name, everyone say, amen. Can we give Jesus a hand clap one more time, guys?